Two Geeks, Two Beers, and a Laptop. Episode 10, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Lois, you all right? I'm fine. Stay here, I'll be right back. After a stop a robbery. Hello again, and welcome to episode 10 uh, of Two Geeks, Two Beers, and a Laptop. It's episode 10, we've made it this far, yes. so it's a little bit of a landmark. Um, just because it's episode 10, uh, we'll, we'll get the, the normal spiel we do at the end, out of the yeah. way at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, we have done uh, 10 episodes now, so please do go to our website, which is uh, Two Geeks, Two Beers. .wordpress.com I should know it by now Um, and you can subscribe there or on iTunes listen to all our old episodes Um, we're also on Facebook and Twitter both Two Geeks cast taking over the social sphere we are and and also we are uploading our videos to YouTube we have a YouTube account which you can find just by searching Two Geeks Two Beers and our laptop Uh, and we have uh, videos there which are basically our podcasts but with little extra visual bonuses Um, right then, so episode 10, I am going to be launching a staunch defence of the uh, the 90s series, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Doesn't need to be defended? Well, this is the thing, I feel like this show gets a lot of flack mm. in this day and age, because it was, it sort of took a, did, did an interesting spin on the whole Superman legend, and it reinvented it at, for the 90s as a kind of moonlighting influenced yeah. romantic comedy yeah. and so I feel like at the time it's a big big hit yeah. now I think people think of it as quite cheesy mm. and it just kind of they, in, in this age where it's quite uh, fashionable to have super dark superhero movies you know like Man of Steel yeah. took it so seriously it's so po-faced to the yeah, point of just, just being miserable and yeah. drudge yeah. yeah Lois and Clark isn't particularly fashionable but, you know, if Smallville can basically take Superman and turn it into a teen drama, yeah. Clark's Creek, yeah. then I don't see what's wrong with reinventing it yeah. in this way. Uh, so at this point, so this is what, mid-90s? Mid, yeah, 1993 it started. So at this point, what was the recent sort of Superman stuff? Had there been anything for a while? Well, we'll get on, we'll get on to this okay, later. That's what I'm intrigued about. There was a Superman television series, yeah. uh, or Superman-related television series, on the very previous year. Really? But we'll get on to that Didn't later. Because I think... The reason I loved Lois and Clark as a kid um, was because all of that sort of, oh, it's being it's a romantic comedy, it's a new twist on Superman, all that kind of passed me by. And I just thought it was a bloody good yeah. Superman TV show. I think yeah. possibly because it wasn't called Lois and Clark in the UK. Yeah, yeah. It was just called The New Adventures of Superman. Yeah, that's a good point. So I, yeah. I didn't even think of it as like, oh, they're putting the romance to the fore and all the stuff that people... People yeah. seem to hate about it now. Yeah. It didn't really occur to me. It and didn't. It didn't feel too too soppy to me. No, like it that. and it didn't feel because like, well, Clark Kent always loves Lois Lane. Right? <laughs> exactly. So it's not like a weird thing to have added to it. The, the whole thing with the show was that it, it, their relationship was just as important as say Superman saving yeah. the day. Yeah. But I don't see that that's a problem. Yeah. It, it worked for me as, as a kid. Yeah. It premiered on BBC One in the UK, eighth uh, of January nineteen ninety four. So not long oh. after it started in the US, okay. and that was when I first watched it. I remember because like prime time. BBC One on a Saturday night, a US show, would yeah. never happen. Nah, but it was brilliant. It was yeah. perfect Saturday night entertainment. 
And then also, this is list- listed on Wikipedia, uh, it also aired at 8.30am before live and kicking at 9.15am. Yeah, like which yeah. I also remember had yeah. repeats before live and kicking. And like, I would, I'd be honest, I wasn't normally up at 8.30am, <laughs> even as a kid. <laughs> but I would get down for about nine-ish. And I, remember, I have like fond memories of catching the end of Superman <laughs> yeah. just in time for live and kicking to start. It was pretty. Wasn't it also one at like... Um, in the midweek at like six o'clock in the evening. I Possibly they might have repeated yeah, it. Yeah. I remember watching it then. But as I say, for for me as a kid, it was just a, like a brilliant Superman TV show, and it kind of had the fun and the escapism. And maybe it was a bit tongue in cheek, but that, that's fine. It was it yeah. was funny, and yeah. you know, much more fun to watch than Man, Man of Steel or yeah. even like I think it's underrated. But even Superman Returns is quite dour. Yeah. So yeah, I, I loved it, and it has a great theme tune yeah. as well, which. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's only the second best Superman theme tune after John Williams. Yeah. Superman's got, yeah. you know, da, 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 da. but I still brilliant. I think so. Let's have a little blast of the the Lois and Clark theme. bath in nostalgia juice the weird thing is with that I, mm. I probably haven't seen or heard that for about 10 maybe even 20 years mm. and I know that off my heart transports you back yeah. immediately yeah. well yeah it, as I say it started in 1993 and it was quite groundbreaking at the time because um, in 1986 which was sort of seven years prior there'd been a comic book uh, miniseries called ironically Man of Steel right. which kind of rebooted Superman's uh, origins and the whole mythology so it made Clark more uh, capable, less of a sort of bumbling nerd. Yeah. Lex Luthor, who was previously a, a mad scientist, it made him into a kind of evil corporate tycoon. So this was the first time they'd adapted Superman right. since all those changes had been made. Okay. So yeah, so it, it was really kind of the first of its kind okay. in many ways. And just as the TV show reflected the comics, also at its height, the show had a big influence on the comics. Oh. So for example, um, there's an episode of Lois and Clark where they get married in 1996. Um, and then the comics they sort of went yeah we're, um, we're marrying Lois and Clark and they were like what? they're yeah, yeah, gonna get married Lois and Clark on the show and they're like no so they literally had to fast track a storyline in the comics so the comics were then playing catch Why up with the TV to? show like, they're just totally separate things well yeah but they thought, obviously thought quite rightly in the end that if they did a tie in comic book episode where they got married they would get a big sales bump because right. it was the biggest show on TV and they yeah. were right and they did get a huge huge sales bump so one of the reasons I think this show is is so brilliant and worthy of, of defending is because it just nails the casting. Yeah. Well, first of all, obviously Dean Kane. He's great. He is great. Yeah. He is great. Underrated yeah. again. Yeah. But he was actually going back to what we were saying before. It was actually the second choice Who's to does? play. Uh, uh, it was actually uh, Jai Courtney. No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> a young Jai Courtney. Yeah. No, it was. Well, there was um, a Superboy TV show, right? Which aired from just sniggering at the very concept Come of Superboy. On. Which aired from uh, 1988 to 1992, finished a year before okay. um, Lois and Clark. Uh-huh. So, 
when the, this is very good. But in the first season of Superboy, you had this guy, John Haynes Newton, who played Clark Kent slash uh, Superboy. Yeah. Then there was a recast um, from the second season and beyond. He was uh, played by uh, this guy, Gerard Christopher. And at the time... Gerard Christopher. Gerard Christopher. Is. <laughs> and at the time, this was quite a big deal. It even made the news, uh, as we can see here. The popular syndicated TV show Superboy is based on the superhero's life as a young adult, going to college and learning to be a newspaper reporter. 23-year-old John Newton played the dual roles of Superboy and Clark Kent during the entire first year of production. But apparently, going into the second year of production of Superboy, producers had trouble reaching a contract agreement with John Newton, and so they went searching for a new Superboy. Well, meet the new Superboy, 29-year-old Gerard Christopher. He looks a lot like the old Superboy, doesn't he? I can't tell you how excited I was when this happened. It was the, it was just one of those things that if you have to imagine what kind of a part you you would want to kind of happen to you, this is it. I mean, so many questions there. First Never of all, of it. that was clearly a big deal. No one's yeah. ever, no one even knows what Superboy is. Also, from the clips, why does it look so shoddy when Lois and Clark? Yeah. A year later, yeah. I mean, okay, now you look back at Lois and Clark and you think, ah, oh, the effects yeah, yeah. aren't great. But compared to that, it was you know a big blockbuster. What stuff. happened to both John Newton and uh, Gerard Christopher? Let's have a look. Let's have a look at the IMDb pages. John Hames Newton, as he was uh, referred to. I think Superboy might have been the peak of both their careers, I'm not going to lie. Do they even have Wikipedia pages? Yeah, they do. John, John Newton uh, was in uh, Melrose Place, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of episodes of Desperate Housewives, oh. playing a character called John Lithgow, weirdly. Um, okay. And yeah, he's just kind of uh, a, a bit of a jobbing actor. All right. Nothing, nothing particularly uh, stand out there. Gerard Christopher, his main uh, role of note was he was in 23 episodes of... Sunset Beach, for some reason uncredited for all 23. Was he like a, a secret character? The, no, like the, the cigarette smoking man? <laughs> Perhaps. He played Dr. Carl Brock. 23 episodes in, from 1997 to 99, uncredited for all of them. But He didn't want to get paid for it. <laughs> Perhaps. But the most interesting thing about Gerard Christopher, which is why I brought up Superboy in the first place, was he, a few months after Superboy wrapped, he auditioned to play uh, Clark Kent yeah. Superman in Lois and Clark. Somehow, no one, clearly like us, no one knew he played Superboy. So what network was Superboy on? It was in syndication, so no particular network. Different networks would pick it up oh, across America. Right. So that's why it probably might not be as... Mm. So somehow, no one knew he'd played Clark Kent before. The casting director was, quite rightly, like, you, you'd be a great Superboy. Yeah. <laughs> or Superman, rather. And then uh, the producer sort of, oh, let's have a look at your, your, your resume here. Superboy, get out! <laughs> and they literally had kicked him out. Oh. Because they were, he was like, yes, I've got the role again. <laughs> I'm the best Superman ever. I've got it twice. But if they had cast him, could they have just made it canon with Superboy? Well, that was the one thing they didn't want to do. Because, right, okay. yeah, you could have made it a sequel. Yeah. But that, they didn't want to cast him, even though he would have been good in the role. Yeah. He was good in the role. Yeah. But they didn't want to make it a sequel. They wanted it to be a fresh start. Poor so Gerard. Dean Kane uh, was actually his second choice. Um, but I think something that's not really talked about a lot with Dean Kane, which I think is important to flag, is that he, well, his real name is Dean George Tanaka, right. and he's partly of Japanese descent. Yeah. And that's pretty much the only time that someone who's not obviously, you know, a white guy is yeah. cast as Superman. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Dean Kane's clearly of, of sort of mixed ethnicity, yeah. and I think that's really important and groundbreaking. It hasn't totally works, isn't that a problem? And it's not just it's not even groundbreaking, it's just a one-off. Yeah. It's never happened since. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's important to, to flag up. Oh, one more thing. If you ever need to find me. All you have to do is look up. And also you had uh, this guy Lane Smith, yeah. who is 
I think it's fair to say the best Perry White yeah. ever, yeah, ever yeah, on screen. He's incredible. Oh, she's a car and he's our investigator, Alex Luthor. He's great, and he's got he's got like for some yeah. reason they decided in this show to make him an Elvis obsessive. Um, so they swapped Perry's catchphrase in the comics, which is "Great Caesar's ghost," right. to our uh, great shades of Elvis. Be his exclamation when nice. something crazy happens. How about we Look, you think you can rustle us up some coffee? Black with sugar, cream, cream, four sugars. Hold on a second. Why should I get the coffee? I got it last time. No, and you're already up. Oh, boy. Women. <laughs> Reinvented Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. He was, like, more, again, a bit more capable, more more modern. There was more than one, right? Yeah, there's two. Yeah. So the first season he played by Michael Landis, yeah. who I love. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big Landis fanboy. I, I love Landis all the way. Yeah. You're amazing. Where'd you learn to do that? Reform school. It was a bum rap. But then in the after the first season, he got dropped. The official line was that he looked too much like Dean Kane, and people were getting confused. Were they though? Were they though? I, I, I don't know. Maybe some behind the scenes. Dean Kane has glasses. <laughs> Michael Landis doesn't, Landis doesn't have, have glasses. glasses. Maybe there was some kind of behind the scenes turmoil that what I didn't Landis know about. Is? Michael Landis, he does all right actually. I see him pop up and from time to time. Yes, this is my thing. Michael <laughs> Landis was the lead yeah. in Final Destination Two. Was he? Do you remember that? And he'd suddenly really? got all, he'd got all gone from like geek to buff. He'd gone all buff in the in the interim. But Final Destination must have been a good ten years after. Was it? Final Destination two thousand and three. So literally ten years after Lois and Clark. But wasn't it all about teens? Yeah, but he was like like the buff lead guy who who led the teens around. And right. face, face down to okay. Todd. Yeah. Now, Final Destination 2 is great. Have you seen Final Destination 2? I must have done. It's great. Yeah. It's a great bit where someone gets uh, like sliced into pieces by barbed wire. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. And it's got my boy Landis in it. You laugh less when they're doing an explosion and you're, you want to concentrate and, and, and try to take that part seriously. But it is fun when you're walking through a hospital set with burnt dummies on the floor. Yeah, and like, you know, you, gotta, you can't take it so seriously. Yeah. Why I like Michael Landis, <laughs> I'm talking about him for a bit too long, why I like Michael Landis was he was geeky, yeah. but kind of just like a regular guy and he was quite capable. When season two, they brought in this guy, Justin Whalen, right. who before you ask was later in the Dungeons and Dragons movie <laughs> with one of the Wayans brothers, I think. Um, Wanna watch that? <laughs> he, was, he was too cool. He had like floppy hair and he looked like he was in a boy band. Mm. It's like, that's not Jimmy Olsen. And they did that on purpose. I think they did. I think they wanted, you know, young girls to watch it and put him up yeah. on there. And it probably worked, you know, for, for, in a purely cynical way, it worked. But I preferred the first Jimmy Olsen as I may or may not have made. made <laughs> Instead of always standing around watching Lois and Clark, wondering what they're doing, what if we uh, got lives of our own that were a little more interesting? Now, son, you just hit the bullseye. It's like we're supporting characters in some TV show that's only about them. Yeah, yeah, it's like all we do is advance their plots. I'll tell you the truth, I'm sick of it. Man, me too. Uh, but also, what I liked about Jimmy's relationship with Clark in Lois and Clark is that he is his mate. But, like, Jimmy Olsen's kind of a pointless character in a lot of Superman adaptations. He doesn't really do anything. In Superman Returns, for example, you see him and Clark go for a beer. Yeah. And it's like, yes! Yeah. That's what he's, he's meant to be his mate! Yeah. Superman doesn't really have any mates. He's got, like, a boss, a girlfriend. So Superman's mate or Clark's mate? Well, they always call him Superman's mate because he actually had his own spin-off comic called Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen <laughs> in which every week he would get, like, crazy superpowers um, um, and crazy stuff that happened to Jimmy him. would hang out with Superman rather than Clark Kent. Well, he was sort of both their mates, not knowing that his mate oh, was right. two guys. Yeah. Weird. But I like the idea that, like, Jimmy is actually his mate. Would he not have noticed? He's got the same face. But you, this is an issue with the whole Superman mythos. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> why didn't Jimmy notice? Why didn't Lois notice? She's a crack reporter. Lois is, yeah, she's... 
She's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> we established this. And you've got, in my opinion, and this is probably the most controversial statement of this whole podcast, the greatest screen Lex Luthor of all time yeah, yeah. in John Shea, yeah. who only a regular in the first season, um, and then he's sort of relegated to oh, really? guest appearances after that, yeah. Oh. Um, apparently he's, he lived in New York and he would commute to LA to film. But he was too good to recast. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean, what, yeah, he was, he was brilliant. <laughs> An astonishing debut, Superman. Well, haven't you heard? That's what they're calling you, it's international news. So, to what do I owe this honor? I came to tell you that I know who you are. Who you really are. I suppose on its face it was a good plan. Destroy Prometheus so that you could put your own space station in its place. Then not only would you make billions from the patents of the vaccines developed, but you would also be the supposed savior of the space program. Well, it's an interesting theory, Superman, but I'm afraid that's all it is. You are also responsible for the deaths of at least three people. Commander Latterman, Samuel Platt, Dr. Baines. Those probably aren't the only skeletons in your closet. So you become both my judge and executioner? Like any other citizen of the planet, I must obey the law. I am not above it. You, it seems, believe you are. I hold a certain position in the city. Yes. And there is nothing that would please me more than to see you dethroned and behind bars like any common criminal. That day will come. Well, I trust not. But, as they say, let the games begin. Well, because, um... People go on a lot about uh, Gene Hackman in the Christopher Reeve movies, and I love those movies, but he's kind of, he's doing that thing where people go, comic book, and they hear comic, and then stop listening, so they just play it for laughs, and they're right. just camping it up, yeah. and people go on about Gene Hackman, and Gene Hackman's obviously a great actor, but for me, not really the, the Lex off the comics, where he's this awesome, ruthless, yeah. sort of, yeah, sinister guy. Now this is California, the richest, most populous state in the Union. I don't need a geography lesson from you, Luthor. Oh, yes, of course, you've been there. I do forget you. Get around, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I think the only person who has captured that is John Shea. And also, funnily enough, even though I'm not a big fan of the show, Michael Rosenbaum in Smallville. Yeah. Actually pretty good. He's the second best. He's the second best. The yeah. second best Luther. you got that scene, every, well, every scene in uh, the fourth season, because at first, him and Clark in Smallville, they start off as mates. And then eventually he figures out that Lex is a bit of a, yeah. a, a wrong end. Yeah. And every episode would start with uh, something bad happens in Smallville. Lex is secretly behind it. And then it would cut to Lex staring into the fire <laughs> in his mansion, always like basically stroking his non-existent beard. Tom Welling, the walking plank of wood, would storm in and he would be like, he would always go, Lex, I know you're behind this. And he'd be like, you're overreacting, Clark. And that would be every, his line every single episode. You're overreacting. I had nothing to do with this, Clark. The monster storming the city has nothing to do with me. It always was. But he was great. Whatever you're planning, I'm going to stop you. No, you aren't. You're going to join me. What? Think about it, Clark. My intellect, your powers. Together, we could rule this world. We'll walk as gods among men. But John Shea, John Shea is absolutely um, the best. And at the end of the first season, right? Lex gets arrested, um, but he um, jumps to his death. Uh, he later gets resurrected or brought back as a clone or something. But anyway, the person arresting him um, is played by the cop, is played by the actor Richard Belzer. Now, do you know who that is? No. He plays uh, Detective Munch. Really? Detective Munch, who is this character. He's the longest running TV character yeah, of all so he's time. Yeah, loads and loads of stuff. He, it's weird. He started off as a cop, just a detective on the show Homicide Life on the Street. He's since appeared on The Wire 
the X Files. He's even mentioned in Simpsons. Si- well, he's in the Simpsons. He's in Arrested Development. Yeah. He's even mentioned in Luther, the, yeah. the British show with Idris so, Elba. So we're saying, yeah. that the same universe holds the Simpsons, yeah. Luther, yeah. X Files, Arrested Development. Clark. It's this, all the same universe. This is the Munch hypothesis. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, but, and I, I, I was watching a clip of Lex getting arrested, and I saw him to Richard Belzer, and I was like, oh, amazing! <laughs> Lewis and Clark's in there too. Yeah. I looked it up on IMDb, he's playing a different cop. Oh. He's playing uh, Inspector Henderson. So unless you so come up with some, universe, unless you come up with some oh. convoluted theory that like he's working under an alias, it's not Munch, Damn. it doesn't count. What's the meaning of this? The meaning of this is, Luther, you're through. We have all the evidence against you we need. Evidence? Evidence for what? This is a warrant for your arrest for arson and other crimes too numerous to mention. You're out of your minds, both of you. You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be will supplied. Will you shut up? I can afford a thousand attorneys. I'll have your badge. I'll have your head for this. Give me the governor on the phone. Give me the president! Get him! On the phone! But I think I think we'll go into Munch, uh, the Munch hypothesis. Yeah. And also, the, the Tommy Westfall universe? Yes. We'll go into that at some point yeah. later on. If you don't know what that is... Look it up on Wikipedia and research it. It's fascinating. Wasn't that in the same one, though? Wasn't Munch involved in that? I don't think so. Oh, no. I if, hope it is. If there was Munch and Tommy Westfall, because yeah, I mean, that would mean Munch was the product of an autistic boy's imagination, <laughs> which means the X-Files is... Oh, I get it. We'll yeah, get into we'll it in a future episode. You can't forget Terry Hatcher as well. She was she was great. Terry Hatcher, absolutely yeah. brilliant. It's like, again, brought a kind of modern, sexy, cool edge yeah. to, to Lois. But what was it you were telling me? Ruining my childhood memory, basically. Well, we'll probably have to look into this, um, but... I'm pretty sure I read at some point that throughout the run, Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher hated each other. Right. Which may be why their chemistry was so great, because secretly they fancied yeah, each other. And, they hate each other and yeah. fancied each other. It's yeah. a bit like um, in Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which yeah. is like held up as one of the greatest Bond films now, and because of the great romance between Bond and uh, Teresa de Vincenzo, and apparently Lazenby and Diana Rigg like, hated each other and that- would eat onions before each scene so their breasts stank before really? they had to kiss and all that kind of thing. Those are the rumours. I don't know. I don't know how true they are. And Tony Curtis was mean to Marilyn Monroe apparently and something like it. It was mean. It was mean to Marilyn the whole time. <laughs> this feed might have been made up in my brain, but I'm sure I read it somewhere. Hopefully we're wrong and they loved each other and it was all totally fine. Well, I, all I can find on the ever reliable internet is evidence that they what well, evidence rumours that they may have had a fling right at the beginning of the show's run. So perhaps they had a fling. And then had a rivalry and a feud. But Maybe. This, this is salacious gossip, okay. sort of which I don't want two geeks to be tainted with. <laughs> okay. Um, or a bit TMZ there. Yeah, we did, yeah, we did go a bit, a bit gossipy showbiz. You don't need x-ray vision to see why Lois finally realised Clark is her man. Who wouldn't think that? I mean, like, it, it, I mean, it did take me two years, but seriously, how dumb was I? I mean, who wouldn't, who wouldn't go for this? Aw, look at that. Yeah, give me my money. Okay. <laughs> give me my money. So, season one of, of Lois and Clark was sort of a kind of moderate hit, um, but then it uh, went through a bit of a reboot for season two. Uh, they ditched the woman who created the show. Hmm. They ditched her entire writing staff. And brought in a new writer called Robert Singer, and then a new writers, and just uh, they they recast Jimmy Olsen. They dropped there was a character Cat Grant. He fancied Clark. They cut her entirely. Right. Just gave it, and obviously Lex Luthor was gone too, and just gave it a bit of a revamp for uh, for season two. Did it help? Yeah, it boosted. It worked. It boosted yeah. it boost, as much as I I quite I think the first season is the best. Um, but it, it boosted the ratings. Uh, they also the first season was more. I see this first Superman show more grounded, so it was yeah. more. Uh, Superman would fight villains with technology and that kind of thing, whereas they brought in like more supervillains with superpowers right. um, and all that kind of thing, and it worked, and it became a, a bigger hit in the ratings. Unfortunately, uh, it kind of 
lost its way oh, a little bit inevitably as it as it went on yeah. towards the end basically they, as I say they get married uh, in, in the fourth season uh, married by a guardian angel not in the sort of figurative sense in the literal sense uh, a guardian angel played by Bosley from Charlie's Angels uh, right. so that, that happens Lois and Clark I now pronounce you husband and wife <laughs> Then, once they get married, they don't really know what to do. Um, was it was like the, the moonlighting show. effect, where as soon as they got together, it was like... Well, it was yeah. the classic moonlighting effect. Yeah. We were talking the other day, why is Bones still on the television? Yeah. <laughs> why, is why, the why is Bones still yeah. on? Castle, yeah. why are they on anymore? Yeah. Like, no one cares. Yeah. And, you know, I love Nathan Fillion, but seriously, yeah, can it Castle? And obviously the Castle-Beckett relationship is central, and people always talk about, you know, the moonlighting curse. I mean, mm-hmm. Do you think that applies here, or...? You, that was always my fear, and and shame on me because I always think you know if 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 you give the audience what they finally what what they've been wanting, you finally give it to them. Uh, what what is left to want? I mean that that's pretty much the end right there. Uh, but we're treating it like, and I, and I and I'm hoping this is very clever. I'm thinking it's very clever uh, that it's this is not the end. This is actually the beginning. So what we've actually been witnessing is a long and protracted beginning where we've been waiting for this to finally happen. Mm. All right, finally now we can get started. Here is now the beginning. Um, and so it was with Lois and Clark was a perfect example of where they got them together. Everyone watched for the chemistry and then it just kind of fizzled yeah. out. And so they ended up having brought in like time travel, so where they travel through time. H.G. Uh, Wells turns up in it. What? It just gets more and more and more ludicrous. And uh, kind of the, the, the next crisis for them was that they found that they weren't able to have children. Well, I guess because of more because of Superman's alien physiology not because he would have I don't know super shagged her to death or anything (laughs) I don't don't know if that's what it was Um, so they found that they couldn't have a kid and then in the fourth season finale uh, they find a mysterious baby in their apartment with a letter saying this belongs to you Um, and then it was cancelled what? yeah well where was the baby from? well it's ambiguous, Tom. You ever found out? No, I'm just kidding. You got an explanation. Uh, so, prisoner away. <laughs> the Brad Buckner, who was one of the writers, executive producers, he later revealed that uh, Kryptonian royalty had hidden the baby. It was like the royal baby, basically. It was like the Prince George of Krypton. Right. Um, and and they left it with Clark to protect it from assassins who were after it. So they would. The next series would have been that they would have raised this. They, yeah, but it would have been. It would have right. been. It would have been Superboy. It, it, yeah, it would have been Superman and a baby. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which, which would have been interesting. But the, the cruelest thing of all for fans of Lois and Clark, such as myself, um, was that ABC ordered a fifth season oh. halfway through the fourth season. And then when it ended, they went, no. uh, actually, no. Which I, I don't think, think you should be allowed to get no, away with that. If you sign the deal, come yeah. on. Um, yeah, they, they, they literally renewed it and then went back on their decision. Um, yeah, so ABC were then owed by Warner Brothers an episode order of something because they're like, well, you've, you've commissioned us to, to make something. Um, but rather than make a fifth season... Just make a fifth season. Well, no, rather than make a fifth season, they decided to make um, 13 episodes of uh, a drama called Prey starring Deborah, a pre-Will and Grace Deborah Messing. Oh. Uh, yeah, also starring uh, James Morrison. Uh, I think it's Not the singer. No, James Morrison, who was in 24. Bill Buchanan from oh. 24. Oh. Uh, Frankie Faison, who I think is in... Yeah, he's uh, Burrell in The Wire. Do you remember yeah. That? And uh, <laughs> Vincent Ventresca, who was Fun Bobby in Friends. <laughs> I've never even looked into this show. At first I was like, God, cancelling Lois and Clark. No, actually, I quite quite should have 40,000 years ago, the most advanced species on Earth was wiped out by a powerful new life form. Us. Now, another new species has evolved. Stronger, smarter, 
and dedicated to our annihilation. Leading the fight against them is Dr. Sloan Parker, the bioanthropologist who uncovered their existence. Once again, it's survival of the fittest. And this time, we are the prey. In a world where Smallville can last for ten seasons, I mean, they... How's only forced this and the OC should have had more seasons than this? Yeah. And yeah, in a world where One Tree Hill can have nine seasons, yeah. the OC should have gone on a lot yeah, longer. Yeah. And in a world where Smallville can have ten seasons and Supernatural can have eleven, yeah. and as we say, Bones and Castle can run and on and on yeah. and on, it's a travesty, I'm oh. saying. A travesty. Yeah, of, shambles. Lo- Lois and Clark, which was at one point the biggest show in the world, yeah. could end after after four four seasons. Stupid. We, we was robbed. Yeah. yeah. So I've just got here a little, uh, a little clip, mm-hmm. which is from a 2006 documentary which was made, I think it was around about the time that Superman Returns came out, and it was uh, a brilliant documentary called Look Up in the Sky, The Amazing Story of Superman. And it goes from when he was created to 2006. Yeah. Um, it covers all the stuff that happened in the comics, all the different screen adaptations, animation, film, TV. It's absolutely brilliant. So if you haven't ever seen that, I recommend uh, checking it out. But there's just a little clip here which is uh, addressing how Lois and Clark affected the comics and also with the wedding and also the Dean Cain's hopes for the fifth season that never happened. The wedding issue sparked a bump in sales, but many Superman fans just couldn't accept the idea of their hero being domesticated by marriage. We still have a good debate going on on that in the office. There's a, there's a lot of people on the creative staff who would like to find a way to have him wake up one morning and that just be a dream. TV's Lois and Clark also married off its title characters, but shortly after the ceremony, ratings began to fall, and the series was cancelled at the end of its fourth season. I wanted us to push it to the next level and let them have children and just get crazy and explore new territory and see what those children would be. It opens up this whole new realm of, of Superman lore, and we didn't really get to do that. Quite sad. Heartbreaking. Yeah. But, you know... They talk about um, you know Superman Returns and how Brian Singer talked about how it was basically a sequel to uh, the old Superman Christopher Reeve movies. Right. And was it? Yeah. Well, well yeah. It was, it's a direct sequel, more or less. It's Even bit, though Brandon Ruth is like a lot younger than. Yeah, but it, it kind of it picks up after Superman two and ignores Superman three and four. Oh, sort of like we were talking about with the Alien movies, how they yeah. kind of ignore three and it's always three and four, isn't it? Yeah. It should always stop after yeah. after two. Um, but but Superman Returns in that. Clark, of course, has uh, a baby with Lois. Oh. Much like they were going to do in Lois yeah. and Clark. So maybe it's more influential yeah. than people give it credit for. And I would love, if anyone listens to this episode and is like me, a fan of Lois and Clark and feels like it doesn't get the credit it deserves, mm-hmm. please, on Facebook or Twitter or something, just just reach out and let me know. Because <laughs> I feel like it really gets a lot of unfair flack. And I, I loved it as a kid and I have really fond memories of it. What so, if they could ever do some kind of just one-off sort of comeback return, one-off episode of where they are now. But ignoring all the other Superman stuff going on like that, if Mm. they were allowed to do just one episode of what they would like, well, how many years has it been since it was on? What, like 15 years? Yeah, about 15. So what what it's like after that? More than 15. It's been on more than 20 years since it's been off the air. So Superman's aged, as has Lois and everyone else. What's going on now? Superman's put on a bit of weight. You've seen Dean Cain recently. Uh, (laughs) It'd be great. Why not? Well, when they're bringing back everything from... Twin Peaks to X Files. Big Finish should do an audio version. <laughs> we can't. We can't let an episode go by <laughs> without doing a little plug yeah. for Big Finish for it's, some reason. Get Dean. We're not it. getting paid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get Dean Cain. Why not? Well, yeah. but they are. You know, it's quite nice. None of them have kind of. None of them are ashamed of their yeah. Superman. Well, no, should they? Lois and Lois and Clark. Um, Lois Lane. Uh, Terry Hatcher. Yeah. Guy had a beer. Terry Hatcher <laughs> was in an episode of uh, Smallville. 
playing uh, Lois Lane's mum. And uh, uh, Dean Kane, of course, he's going to be playing Supergirl's foster father yeah, in nice. the upcoming uh, su- new Supergirl TV show. Uh, so, like, he's still, clearly everyone's still yeah, up for it. Yeah. So, yeah, do, do Lois and Clark revival, even yes, if it is please. on audio. Do it, please. Yeah. That'd be great. Right, well, that's, uh, that's me kind of <laughs> exhausted having... You know, aggressively uh, <laughs> defended <laughs> Lois and Clark. I feel like I've, I've done my job now. You can go back upstairs and find your, your Michael Landis poster. My Michael Landis yeah. posters, yeah, yeah. Up, up on my bedroom wall. Yeah. I love Landis, what can I say? I might watch <laughs> Final Destination 2 tonight and you should join me. Um, well, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to my rant. Uh, next time, uh, we're doing something a little bit different on yeah. Two Geeks. Doing uh, sort of a, a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Um, so episode 11. Well, Doctor Who was our uh, biggest episode by far, mm-hmm. I think. I think I'm right in saying. Apart from possibly what, what? Terror Hawks. Yep, yep. Um, so, so thank you for listening to that. But So we're going to do a sort of se- a two-part sequel um, to that. We're going to be, in episode 11, looking at all the TV shows that tried to be Doctor Who in the years when it wasn't on the air, between 1989 and 2005, yeah. if you ignore the Port McGann TV movie, which we will be. <laughs> um, so we're going to be looking at all those different shows that tried to be Doctor Who and tried to fill that gap. Yeah. Uh, shows such as Crime Traveller, Crime Traveller, yeah. Crime Traveller with Michael French, uh, Strange with Richard Coyle, which I remember and Tom doesn't, so <laughs> that'll be fun. Uh, and then the episode after that will also uh, be kind of on a little tangent from that. It will be exploring all the shows that were inspired by Doctor Who after it came trying back to in 2005. Basically trying to cash in. All those shows that tried <laughs> to replicate its success Primeval. once it was a huge hit. Primeval, uh, most of them by the BBC, but <laughs> it was Primeval on ITV, yeah. Robin Hood, yeah. uh, and so on. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be looking at those. So please do join us for our Doctor Who-themed double bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, see you next time. See you next time. Have a beer on us. <laughs> that would be on us. We can't afford it. <laughs> Not getting paid. <laughs>